0: what's up everyone in case you haven't heard blue wire studios just dropped their first original podcast golden goal the show gives you 10 minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or you're a die hard fan this podcast is a great listen for everyone even nottingham forest supporters like me the final two episodes are live right now or binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, Stafford it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. End zone, Got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercept. Darius Slay. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions! Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode, as always, brought to you by Bet Online. Go check them out. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE for your free welcome bonus so let's just jump right into it obviously we've had podcasts all week we've been talking about what to maybe expect in training camp for the Detroit Lions what could happen when it comes to COVID both in training camp and the regular season hopefully you caught some of those episodes with Dave Burkett with Kevin Seifert Uh, obviously so much has changed even from when Kevin and I talked on Tuesday afternoon to now early Wednesday evening about what's going on it sounds like although I don't believe it's been made official yet there isn't going to be any preseason games and we'll get into that a little bit and what that could mean for the Lions in a little bit but first want to just jump into a couple of other things if you haven't noticed the Lions some of the Lions players have been participating in town halls and in informational sessions about getting out the vote. Deron Harmon and Trey Flowers actually participated in sessions on Tuesday night and on Wednesday night to talk about, on Tuesday night, v- getting out the vote and the importance of voting. And then on Wednesday night, a little bit of a conversation about the importance of understanding prosecutors and, and what the role of prosecutors can be. I encourage you, if you can, I'm not sure if both of them are available on YouTube to watch after since they were both run live. But if you can, I encourage you to watch both of them. I was particularly taken with Trey Flowers' story about why he votes and why voting is so important to him. And he explained it through the eyes of his family and his family Some members of his family have participated in the Selma to Montgomery March in 1965. He told a very compelling story about what happened to his family during that march and how the story has come down through generations now to him. I wrote about it actually on ESPN.com, so you can check it out there. But if you can dig up the video... I would highly suggest watching it. I believe it's around the 17-minute mark, or actually it might be the 27-minute mark, 17-minute uh, mark on my recorder a little bit later on because it opens with a statement from Rod Wood. Wrote Rod Wood reading a statement from Lions owner Sheila Fortham and then some information from Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. But I highly recommend going to listening to what, Trey Flowers, Deron Harmon, and Matthew Stafford all said on Tuesday night felt like they were all very informative. Matthew Stafford talking about what he's seen and the importance of education and leadership through the rec center that he has given a lot of money to and works with in Detroit. Deron Harmon, who's been very involved in education and voting rights in his prior stop in New England, was very... Open about the importance of that both Tuesday and on the co- on the live stream on Wednesday from the Advancement Project. And again, you can probably find that if you search on YouTube for Advancement Project for Wednesday's chat and then Rise. And I don't know if it's on the Lions page too uh, for Tuesday night's conversation. Highly recommend you listen to both of those. We'll be back right after this break with looking at a little bit of what some of these new rules could mean for the lions during training camp and in the regular season sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment The Ice is Right. Floyd talks about all his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, BETONLINE, your online wagering experts. Now, back to our show. So, as I was talking about before the break... Want to look at a little bit today of what some of these changes could mean for the Lions. The one that to me stands out the most is, or two, one is no preseason games, which I don't believe has been official as of at least six o'clock on or seven o'clock, between six and seven o'clock when we're recording this on Wednesday night. And then the other one, which is to shrink the training camp roster from ninety to eighty. So. The people who will be affected the most by that are going to be the undrafted free agents. And if you've listened to this podcast before, when we had Ken Sarnoff on before the draft, and when we've had some other guests on, even Kevin Seaford and I talked about it a little bit yesterday... This is going to be very detrimental for undrafted free agents to make the team. And even maybe for some younger players like, say, an Isaac Nada, who was a seventh round pick last year, to make the team and and potentially even to get into camp. Why is that? Well, there was no spring. Training camp is going to be drastically different than it's been in years past, even though they're reporting supposedly reporting next week and the lions have had their kind of protocols approved by the nflpa on wednesday they're one of eight teams as of again six o'clock or so on wednesday night that have had their protocol approved so that gives them the green light to be able to maybe start holding training camp but even once that happens. That doesn't mean they're getting started right away. When players get here, they have to go through testing first. Then there's going to be a strength and conditioning ramp-up period. And then there's going to be kind of like an OTA mini camp ramp-up period with no full pads, with shells, with helmets. And then finally, they will go into padded practices. But from the sounds of it, based on the reporting of my colleagues at ESPN and others, that might not happen till. Mid to late August, and it might be a very short amount of padded practices. And that's one thing, if you've talked to coaches for time immemorial, how valuable those padded practices are. So players are not really going to get a chance necessarily to show what they can do because, and again, this is where it hurts the UDFAs. Bob Quinn talked about it, I've talked about it on this podcast. The time that UDFAs have really made their impression has often been in the spring because that's when coaches can experiment a little more. There's not as much pressure to get ready for a season. That's gone now. And everything that coaches do, that players do, that Bob Quinn does is going to be geared toward making sure they are ready for week one whenever that occurs. And they're not going to maybe be willing to give an undrafted free agent as much of a look or even potentially a real look at all, maybe with the first team or even the second team defense to see whether or not they have it. So that is going to hurt undrafted free agents. But first, as we were talking about with the cut of rosters, they have to even be able to make it into camp. Right now, if you're Bob Quinn and you're looking at this roster and you've got 90 players on the roster. So that means based off of the information that we currently have available, 10 guys that are currently on the roster right now will not even get to training camp. So if you're Bob Quinn, what do you do with that? Do you get rid of veterans Do you get that maybe you need? Because there's a decent chance that if you're a coaching staff right now, You maybe want to have your backups be more veteran guys who can fill in in a pinch, more versatile guys than a rookie that you just don't know what you're going to be able to get. You're not going to cut draft picks right away because you've got some money and some guarantees as small as they may be invested into them. So who is going to potentially not even see camp? They're probably going to be your undrafted free agents and they're going to be guys who maybe are back-end veterans or second or third-year players that are just hanging on and really you, you didn't really know where they stood so for instance if I'm a safety looking at kind of the depth of the position and what they have invested right now for the Lions they've got Will Harris they've got Tracy Walker they've got Daron Harmon they signed J. Ron Curse in free agency. They brought back Miles Killebrew in free agency. C.J. Moore is a guy that made the team last year. So all of a sudden, if you are, say, Jalen Elliott or Jeremiah Dinson, how comfortable can you feel at the moment whether or not you're even going to get to camp? You just don't know that. Because let's be honest, you look at this group when it comes to safeties. Bobby Price as well. You look at this group when it comes to safeties. And Tracy Walker, Will Harris... And Jaron Harmon are definitely going to be on the roster. At least one of Miles Killabrew and Jaron Curse are going to be on the roster, and you you paid them both a certain amount of money that you're going to at least bring them into camp because you know what you're going to get from them. CJ Moore, you know what you're getting, but. That's where the Lions have to decide whether they feel like C.J. Moore showed them enough last year. But he's more of a known commodity than some of the other undrafted free agents. And this is what's going to happen position by position. Some of the other maybe lighter positions, your undrafted free agents will stick around. Like I imagine at tight end, there's a good chance that all four of those tight ends that are on the roster currently, or there are five, sorry, on the roster currently, but the main guy that you're looking at potentially is Hunter Bryant, the undrafted free agent out of Washington, he's probably going to get into camp. Heck, he still might make the team. Isaac Nata, again, It goes back to what we were talking about before. But Matt Sokol, who signed a futures contract, will they keep him around or will they just say, you know what, this is our group of four tight ends. We feel at least three of these guys are going to make the team and go from there. That's These, these are the decisions that are going to come down. You look at wide receiver, a completely deep group of players right now, and maybe... They look at some veterans that they signed, like a Jeremy Davis or a Geronimo Allison. What does that mean for them? Do they feel like Marvin Hall can come back from that injury? That's a big question. Tom Kennedy spent last season in the practice squad. He's raw. Do they want to continue to invest in him? Chris lacey has been around for a couple of seasons. So you look at these things and say, okay, where do things stand at wide receiver? It's going to be like this at almost every position on the roster. Quarterback, yeah, you have to think that all three quarterbacks will be Among the 80 that get into camp, but other than that, I don't know what the Lions are going to do. I would imagine that both punters, Jack Fox and Aaron Sipos, will get into camp as well. Do they bring both long snappers to camp, or does Steven Wordle end up not making that route, making it to the 80? And they end up just saying, All right, we're going back with Don Mulebach again. These are questions the Lions are going to have to make. And they're going to be making it blind in a lot of ways because they don't know what these players are going to necessarily look like in an NFL scheme, in an NFL system. They're taking chances. They're taking guesses and saying, "Okay, you know, uh, these are guys we feel pretty decent about and let's see what they've got. And that's happened every year. You look at the Lions roster year over year and undrafted free agents have done well, have made this team. That's happened on teams all over the NFL. Last year, you had C.J. Moore and, and Kevin Strong. Kevin Strong obviously got hurt, but Kevin Strong was an undrafted free agent, kind of came out of nowhere and ended up making the team and, and played a little bit before he got hurt. C.J. Moore had a valuable role on special teams. You look at the year before that, Mike Ford ended up signing from SEMO as an undrafted free agent and started some games for the Lions early on in his career. So that's another success story that had been an undrafted free agent. You look at some of the other bigger names that the Lions have had in recent years. Zach Zenner, an undrafted free agent who maybe never would have gotten an opportunity, but really stood out in games almost even more than in practices during that first camp and forced the Lions to keep him. And that's another thing to really consider is without preseason games, which is the other thing that I was talking about earlier, A lot of these guys who would make plays in the third quarter and the fourth quarter to make the roster, and not only undrafted free agents here, but we're talking about veterans, we're talking about practice squad guys, bubble guys, aren't going to get that opportunity. Kerry Hyder is a guy that is a great example to me. He showed out in back-to-back fourth preseason games and back-to-back years. It really helped push him on the team, in my opinion, that second year, and it made a career for him. Granted, he played well in that regular season that year, and then he got hurt, and you know he's bounced around a little bit from Dallas to San Francisco since, but he made that career in a large part because he was able to show out of preseason games to get himself on the roster. And you hear about those stories time and time again. Yes, I think a little bit of weight, as Kevin Seifert was talking about on the podcast yesterday, a little maybe too much weight is placed on Preseason games, but it is an opportunity for coaches to evaluate what they see on the practice field in a setting against another team that maybe has a different level of skill set and a different type of lineup to see how is that guy going to go against this and how is this guy maybe going to fare against a guy that's not played against him every day for three weeks. That's going to be tough decisions. Four coaches. And then it comes down to this, too. And we don't know exactly what the roster construct is going to look like for the regular season. And none of that seems to really be wholly, wholly decided yet. And I imagine it could still change. But when you look at that, too, when it comes to decisions, and Dave Burkett and I were talking about this on Monday, you could see guys end up getting kept that are veterans this year over rookies because you know what you're going to have and you put the rookies to the practice squad or the younger players to the practice squad let them develop a little bit and you have a guy in a pinch as a vet that you know can fill in and do job x so those are going to be things to watch here over the next month month and a half and One last thing I would mention on today's podcast as we wrap up a little bit here talking about some of this, and it's obviously a shorter podcast today, is rookies that were drafted that are expected to have roles. And we're talking about Jeff Okuda, DeAndre Swift, Jonah Jackson, Logan Stenberg, even maybe a Quintez Cephas. These guys are not going to have the same level of experience that they would have had in other Times and you just have to understand that. So, progression for rookies could be tougher this year than it's been in years past, in large part because they're not going to have those preseason reps, those game reps, as short as they may be, to start to learn, to start to understand what it's like to face another receiver. Because for Jeff Okuda. Until he steps on the field in Week One against Chicago, if that game ends up happening, the only experience that he will get will be going against Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. If Amendola is in the slot, uh, if Amendola ever comes out of the slot or Okuda moves down to the slot, ever which is unlikely, but so you're looking at Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, and then some of the backup guys like Quintez Cifas, like a Geronimo Allison, like a Chris Lacey. Those are going to be the only looks that he gets. Granted, getting to go against Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones in practice every day will be a very good test for Jeffrey Okuda, but you have to wonder what that pace is going to be like, how hard guys are going to want to work early on as they're getting their bodies ramped up to speed. So it's going to be something to think about when it comes to the progression and the understanding of the speed of play and the learning curve for rookies and that also goes on the offensive line so I know we were talking about a little bit on Monday I think Joe Dahl ends up getting put maybe in a better position maybe even a Kenny Wiggins or an Ode Abouche ends up getting put in a better position for right guard than Jonah Jackson early on because again they both have start Wiggins and Abouche both have starting experience in the NFL Jonah Jackson does not so Jonah Jackson's gonna have to work really hard same with Logan Stenberg to potentially earn a starting role As a rookie, which if you add your full spring and your full preseason, in my estimation, Jonah Jackson likely would have been the starter. Now, I think there's at least a little bit more of a question from day one. But who knows what this ends up looking like as things start to get going here in August for training camp. Want to thank... Blue Wire, want to thank Regents Field, want to thank Bet Online for sponsoring today's show. I want to thank my producer, as always, David Woodley. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Please leave us a five star review. Let us know who you want to hear from guest wise as we're starting to ramp back up here ourselves and starting to book more guests. And we will chat with you again soon.